0: Welcome to the Hilltop United Methodist Church podcast. Hilltop is located in Sandy, Utah, 985 East, 10,600 South. Locals would say 106th. Our two worship services are at 9 o'clock and 1030. Hope to see you this Sunday. God bless. Bye-bye. Before I read the scripture, I want to offer uh, some thoughts from my favorite Lutheran pastor who was martyred uh, by the Germans, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, Some ninety years ago, this uh, day in the church year, anyway, the second Sunday of Advent, he was preaching in Barcelona. He had been sent down there by the um, German church to minister to the Germans who lived in Barcelona and um, he would preach in that particular sermon from this Malachi passage I'm going to read from, and I emphasize to you that I was raised Southern Baptist, and when I was raised Southern Baptist, we operate off of a theology at times of turn or burn, turn or burn, okay, it was sometimes it was a theology they put forward which was they, they wanted to scare you into relationship with God, Uh, There's an element of this in in Bonhoeffer's writing, but I want to focus on the area of refinement and uh, cleansing uh, that we have here. And John Wesley, uh, who did not know Dietrich Bonhoeffer, would would call that justifying grace. It's that moment where our sins are washed off of us, cleansed off of us. But it's also this process of how we move on to holiness, on to what the word is sometimes sanctification, the big word, what it means is becoming more holy, more like Christ in the world. Bonhoeffer would, would preach that day, it is very remarkable that we face the thought that God is calm at coming so calmly, whereas previously peoples trembled at the day of God. We have become so accustomed to the idea of divine love and of God's coming at Christmas that we no longer feel the shiver of fear. I, I would like to say the shiver of awe, but he writes the shiver of fear that God's coming should arouse in us. We are indifferent to the message, taking only the pleasant and agreeable out of it, out of it and forgetting the serious aspect that the God of the world draws near to the people of our little earth and lays claim to us. That will be a consistent theme for Bonhoeffer over the rest of his life, is the fact that God has claimed us, claimed us for purposes, holy purposes. The coming of God is truly not only glad tidings, but first of all, frightening news for all, for everyone who has a conscience. I wanna focus on emotional intelligence as I speak. And then, he, then he sets up this tension Only when we have felt the terror of the matter can we recognize the incomparable kindness. What he's saying is is you have to sort of balance this awe that we have of God with this joy that we have of God's kindness for us. God comes into the very midst of evil and of death and judges the evil in us and in the world. And by judging us, God cleanses and sanctifies us, makes us holy comes to us with grace and love. Now You may hear some of that, that's from his sermon, but as I read the uh, the, uh, passage here for us from the Malachi, Malachi is a, a later prophet in the Christian Bible, I want to say he's the last book in the Old Testament, not that way, in the Jewish Bible, and he sets up the conditions for us to be messengers, or remind us of what it is to be messengers, and we hear here words of John the Baptist that will come in as well. Malachi means messenger, it's what, the, it's what the name means, Malachi means messenger. I'll be reading to you from page 889 of the Old Testament section of your pew Bible, Malachi chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight indeed he is coming says the Lord of hosts but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears this is what I'm gonna try and focus on a little bit this next section For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Can you repeat that with me? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi, that's the priests, and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Let's repeat that one. Until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old, and as in former years. This is the word of God for the people of God. Be to God. Amen. Some of you that have been here for a while, you've heard me mention that in the in the Hebrew, in Hebrew itself, that the word for refining and the word for testing is the same word in Hebrew. When when you're refined, you're tested, and when you're tested, you're refined a little bit. And that's exactly the word that Malachi is using here in this comment when he makes about the issue about being refined. Of course, in their context, they've just gotten back to Jerusalem from Babylon. I would think that would be a testing experience for anyone that would have made that journey. But I wanna focus on this idea of refinement for a second. And what, what happens when you refine gold, when you refine silver? If, you, if you've ever seen gold in its raw, native state in the ground, it's hard to tell. It's hard to pick up that this stuff is actually gold. Slowly over time, people have to identify it, they, they, can, they can pull it out and they, and they do various things to it, sometimes with chemicals, but sometimes with heat, and they, they slowly separate out. The material from it that is to be not part of the gold, gradually refining it, refining it, refining it and making it more and more pure, leaving out the impurities but picking up, going to the, the purity of it. But that having been said about the issue of the purity, the gold that we often have in our wedding bands or earrings or around our necks or things like that is often there's something else that's added back in. There's a um, <coughs> carbon or charcoal are sometimes added back in, why? To prevent the uh, absorption of oxygen, to prevent the absorption of that, which tarnishes the the refined gold, the refined silver. So is in this process of refinement, something is taken out, the impurities are taken out, but something else is added back in in order to make it continue to have this luster, continue to have this shine, like what God does to us when we are refined and cleansed by God's Holy Word. One writer suggests that a silversmith knows the refining process is complete only when she observes her own image reflected in the mirror-like surface of the metal. She knows that she's refined it only when she can see herself or himself in the, in the molten uh, Uh, material that's there and can see herself reflected back. And the writer wonders here if this is uh, not also a suggestion that perhaps in this refinement process the image of God has been restored uh, to us by being open to the idea of letting ourselves be refined or using the cleansing image, cleansed by God on behalf of us so so that the divine image is indeed reflected truly In our own heart the quote I have on my wall inside my study I think talks a little bit about this element of this how to be how to see our heart and what way our heart should possibly be the the quote says something along the lines of um, you should live your life in such a way that those who do not know God who do not know God will know God because they know you. Isn't that powerful? Is that a powerful comment or not? So consequently, as you look into this molten mass of your own heart being refined, and you look there, you not only don't want to see, be able to see your face, but you want to see your face as understanding of the fact that you're in, you've been created in the image of God. You've been created in the image of God. Now, I confess to you that one of the things that many of us have some issues with, I'm perfect, so it doesn't happen to me. But the the issues are sometimes the fact that we have to be willing to look at who we are and stand outside of ourselves a little bit. Sometimes we call that term repentance. In the Hebrew Bible, in in the Hebrew portion of the Bible, the word that we call repentance is turn. It's turn. It's to tra- change the direction of our life. And John the Baptist, the reading that I did not give you for today, John the Baptist, the messenger, this Malachi-like messenger, would come out and <clears throat> and he would advocate for those that were there along the River Jordan that he was preparing the way. He was preparing the way for the Word of God. He was preparing the way. And he, what was he offering to people? A baptism of repentance, a baptism of of opportunity for us to stand, for them to stand outside of themselves, look back at who they were, examine who they were, and using the words from the Malachi, refine who you are, clean who you are, so that you can be God's messenger in the world. Repentance is a very Advent theme. It's a chance for us to stop and pause and ask ourselves the question of who are we and whose are we. And I know it can be challenging. I'm especially challenging for people, um, people who are pretty convinced they have it all together. And sometimes what God wants us to do is realize we don't have it all together and it's a chance for us to stop and pause and reflect on that. You, you, you heard us sing to an element of this in the very beginning of the service, lift up your heads ye mighty gates. The, the second verse was the words that had to do with allowing ourselves to understand our, through our own emotional intelligence what it is that needs to be examined. Fling wide the portals of your heart. Make it be a temple. Make it a temple set apart from earthly use. So no, Your heart's not open to do things for God, for your own self. Your, your heart's open to do things on behalf of God. For heaven's employ, adorned with prayer and love, enjoy. That captures it, that, that captures it and you return to the issue of, of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, it's this idea of, of understanding that we have been cleansed, refined, justified, sanctified in such a way to go be God's messengers in the world and holding in this delightful tension the fact that we, we examine ourselves against the standard that is Jesus, but also know that God's love and God's grace lifts us up and empowers us to be cleansed through our cleansing, to be prepared to be different people in the world. I may have told this story before, all of you probably haven't heard it, but I, I worked at a Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia in the late 1960s, and um, I was there one time and a prisoner, an Atlanta jail prisoner, had worked at the Atlanta Zoo and he had been clawed by a tiger <clears throat> and his hand got very, very, very infected. Very, very infected. He could not use it anymore because of the infection and what we used in those days, we would soak it in Fisahex. Do you still use Fisahex, is that still a term? No, Fi- No. okay. We used it was, but it would clean the bacteria and crud and j- junk out of this thing. We soak it in hot water and do this three or four times a day. And his hand went from like this to being usable. It, think about that. It, I mean that's a perfect image for what it is that, that is there for us. In a moment we're going to move to communion. And it's a chance for us to lay on God's altar, lay on God's altar, those that crud, that stuff that separates us, that it's his own physahex soak, okay? That indeed cleanses us in such a way that we can go be God's Ambassador in the world. I tell you what. Sometimes, sometimes I really I I enjoy always the anthem that we do. Sometimes I enjoy it more at nine o'clock than at ten thirty because the smaller ensemble it has a it has an intimate a different intimacy to it. And what did the song we were singing today? It was about yearning. There are people out there that have this hole in their soul. Go back to my comment of what's on my wall. Live your life in such a way that those who do not know God will know God through you, know God because they know you. That's the messenger task for us. Our task is to be about our task of waiting, waiting for this uh, hopeful moment when God will come again, Jesus will come again, but we're not to be inactive in that time frame. We're to be active and present and engaged in the world. How do we do that? By being sanctified, by being like Jesus in the world, knowing that we come in here for this ritual of, of, of um, communion, for example, and we will come in and we will be prepared to allow our hearts to be warmed by God's word in such a way that the, the rift, the, the, the dross, the stuff that we don't need in our lives can be refined away, can be refined away in such a way that the image of God can be seen in our very image. Live your life in such a way that those who do not know God will know God because they know you. What better way to be a messenger on behalf of God? This idea of potentially being a messenger on behalf of God so that you help people be mindful of the fact that they should potentially be open to the idea of opening their hearts to God's cleansing message. In a moment we're gonna to go to communion. This is a church that thrives on the idea of communion. It's an important uh, element of our church life. We're gonna first confess some things that we, we're gonna say that we've fallen short, but then we're gonna come back and we're gonna have an affirmation of who it is that we are. And we're gonna to be told that this stuff has been burned away, has been set aside, has been cleansed away. And then we're gonna come back and we're gonna hear the story again and be re-reminded of who we are and whose we are. Going back to Bonhoeffer, you've been claimed. You've been claimed by God for God's very purpose in the world. I don't know about you, but that's about as advent as we can get, is this idea of stopping and pausing and remembering who we are, whose we are, who sent us, and what message it is that we proclaim to the rest of the world. The Word of God for the people of God. Be to God. Hilltop is located in Sandy, Utah, 985 East, 10,600 South. Locals would say 106th. Our two worship services are at 9 o'clock and 1030. Hope to see you this Sunday. God bless. Bye-bye.